Hey, kids, this is your eager beaver here and Mr. Grizzly. Hello. Hey, uh, we had a lot to say during this episode, and it was rather heartfelt and impassioned. So especially we are going to present it without interruption, thanks to uh, Corvid Moon Publishing, one of our founding sponsors, and Miss Fee Mysteries. Hey there, Mr. Grizzly. Hey, Mr. Beaver, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Hey, uh, did you get something in the mail lately? Yes, um, Miss V Mysteries. I yeah, I did too. Awesome. Bedside reading. Yes. Um, for those who don't know, the Miss V Mysteries is an LGBTQ plus cozy mystery series written by Delilah Knight. Miss V is 60, trans, and classy, sassy, and a bit smart assy. From her kitten heels to her chic bob, Miss V is a lady through and through. When her late aunt's lawyer is found murdered, and clutching V's favorite Chanel jacket, she is immediately arrested. Can she find the real killer before the local law puts her away for good? Will she be forced to trade 50s rock and roll for jailhouse blues? Do prisons even have a happy hour? Well, none of the ones I've been in. Wait, what? What? There's a story there. No. We'll talk about that after the ad. Miss Fee and the Letras Lawyer is the first book in a humorous, cozy mystery series from by ace author Delilah Knight. On sale now wherever ebooks are sold. Paperback copies are also available, or call your local library and ask them to get it in. Signed copies available at www.corvidmoonpublishing.com. That's www.corvidmoonpublishing.com all in one word, dot com. The Miss V Mysteries. You need to be reading it. Well, hello, kids, and welcome to our fourth episode of Beaver Bites, our special Eager Beaver podcast show to cover election 44. Welcome to our co-host, Mr. Grizzly. Hey, how you doing? I'm, uh, I'm doing, I, I have been a little exhausted, uh, to be totally honest, but uh, overall spirits are good, but just a little exhausted. Yeah, and that's, it's much the same, much the same. Had a very busy weekend, and uh, when Monday rolled around, rolled over and looked at the alarm clock that went off at 5 a.m., because it always does, and I just said, oh, I don't have to be anywhere, so I hit snooze and fell back to sleep until eight which is really late for me so then when i rolled out of bed at about 8 15 i was groggy tired listless and that was the rest of my day (laughs) there was a point at around uh, 10 30 i'm thinking i should go out for a walk yes i should absolutely go out for a walk grab a coffee at the happy goat get some exercise and some fresh air and that'll perk me up so i'm like yeah okay so i get dressed and i look out the window and it's pouring rain like i could barely see across the street i'm like yeah so so that's gonna scuttle those plans and that was the end of that so it was like well it's raining i'll just draw the curtains closed and put on the netflix which is what i did and then a buddy of mine texted me and i said yeah i was gonna go out for a bit but uh he goes yeah my buddy was over here watching football soccer and uh he left and within about 10 minutes after he left it started to pour and he's a 20 minute walk to get home <laughs> so he was uh washed and rinsed by the time he got home 
Yeah, I was uh, safely at home when uh, that happened, and yeah, just saw I saw the couple of first drops falling because I was on the deck, and uh, you know, got up and went into the house. And by the time I closed the door behind me, it was curtains of rain. Oh yeah. <laughs> It was very fast. It came out of nowhere. And what I thought was wild was I looked at the forecast and it said possible showers, like 20%. <laughs> I'm like, that's 100% rain out there right now. Mind you, it was just a shower because it didn't last for long. It was like maybe 20 minutes. Yep. But it was a little bit chillier after that. And eventually I just, I I, I gave in to the day. And uh, as you know, we tried to record last night, but I had it a brutal migraine and I'm wondering if it was brought on by the weather because it was all sinus related. So pressure drop. Yeah. That happens to me a fair bit. So, and none of the medication worked. So I'm thinking it was environmental. Who knows? Hey, might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. (laughs) Oh, so, uh, Mr. Grizzly, uh, a lot has happened since we've, uh, last chatted and, uh, during uh, and when we were ending that episode, you said that uh, you had a lot to say that you wanted to say for something. So uh, uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, so I'll let you uh, take the reins. Well, um, here's the thing. Um, I, I saw a video clip the other day, and I think I sent you a link to the clip. Mm-hmm. And it was a gentleman in, in um, uh, mid-Alberta. He lives between Calgary and Edmonton. He has a a manufacturing mm-hmm. company. He's quite well-to-do. And he employs a few people. And this guy is, uh, he, he believes in uh, UBI. He believes in let's house the homeless. Let's, you know, basically the the platform that the NDP once very staunchly stood by. And I say that because I, I question their platform today. Mm-hmm. But let's not get into any particular party. Mm-hmm. What he was addressing was something that uh, he summed up how I've been feeling, but I just couldn't find the right words. Now, he used a lot of F-bombs, which is not something that I tend to do uh, in recording anyway. <laughs> in real life, I get mad. I drop them. I do. I'm, I'm only human, but I, I don't like to record them. But that's me. I mean, to each their own. But this gentleman summed up kind of um, what I've been feeling. And, and effectively, what he said was... And and I want you. I want to preface this with the fact that I it this does not apply to every single individual that subscribes to this uh, political affiliation. Okay, so I'm not painting everybody with the same brush. But people in that party who do not subscribe to what I'm about to say know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'm going to say: what he said was basically, and I agree with him. Conservatives don't care about money. They tell you they do, but they don't. Because if they did, we can show them time after time how a universal basic income, how um, site programs, safe injection programs, how housing the homeless, how feeding the poor, how giving people a living wage improves life for everyone and it saves us millions of dollars in the process yes. not to mention it takes a huge drain off of our health care system our universal health care system which again most conservatives i know and respect feel the same way they as do. well as the justice system yes it, it, there's another example instead of throwing somebody in jail because they have a heroin addiction or an oxycontin addiction or a fentanyl problem 
let's get them help like they do in Portugal. And you see how quickly the uh, illicit drug trade disappears, how quickly they get people off the streets, into programs, and into living healthy lives. Mm-hmm. We can't fix everyone, but we can sure do a heck of a lot to fix damn near everybody. And the thing is, the conservatives, and I say this, I preface this with a certain brand of conservatism, mm-hmm. don't care about that money. Mm-hmm. They want to be better than those people. They want those people to wither and die. And I say this because they refuse to spend money on programs like that that would save them money. They would rather spend the extra money to watch those people suffer and die in the ditch. I know that sounds harsh, but somebody prove me wrong. There is a certain brand of conservatives out there that don't give a damn about anybody lesser than them. And they need to feel that there are people that are lesser than them so they can feel better about themselves. And they don't care how much tax dollars it takes to do it. And they will also be happy to give tax breaks and tax dollars to wealthy oil corporations or car companies or whatever have you to say this protects jobs when we know damn well that it never does. But they won't give the money to you. They won't give it to me. They won't give it to my neighbor, to my next door neighbor who is in her 80s who lives on a very fixed income. Now, because she's lived in this building a very long time and it's rent controlled, she is not in danger of losing a roof over her head because of the cost of her rent and and the minuscule amount of money she gets every month. But she's one out of millions. Mm -hmm. And there are millions of people across this country that live paycheck to paycheck, hand to mouth. And when you realize, sorry, I'm going off on a rant here, but it it was uh, a young woman in Toronto, Erin, oh, I'm trying to remember Erin's surname. Anyway, she's on Twitter and I follow her because she's a genius. She's a brilliant brilliant individual and she's so kind and caring and she said the day i realized i was no longer poor was the day i was in line at the grocery store and i was just putting stuff on the conveyor belt not paying attention to every dollar that i had to pay for it mm-hmm. i filled my cart i went up to pay for it and i didn't have to you know oh, i have 20 dollars to get she says yep. i didn't pay for it that was the moment i realized i was no longer poor So we need to live in a world where food banks no longer exists because people need to earn a living wage and UBI will help with that. I know I'm a little all over the map, but I'm kind of fired up right now. And and there's a certain brand of conservative that doesn't give a damn about these people. They don't care. They don't care about the poor, the impoverished. They figure somebody's got to serve me my fries and they don't care what they get paid to do it, which is wrong because the minimum wage was never designed to be the minimum amount you can pay somebody. It was designed to be the minimum amount one could have to live on. And that Mm -hmm. seems to have gotten lost in translation somewhere. And you have a certain brand of conservative that believes the minimum wage earners are for students who are putting themselves through school while working at a fast food joint or a retail place. And that's not the case. There are single mothers. There are, are... single fathers too, who are working two or three jobs just trying to make ends meet Mm -hmm. and they're dying in the process Mm -hmm. and their children live in poverty and rarely ever get out. So this, this is a brand of conservative that doesn't give a damn about these people. They don't care. And when you can show them how much money 
we can save them as a taxpayer by improving these people's lives with a universal basic income, with a health care plan, with a pharma care plan, with a dental plan, with um, housing, subsidized housing, subsidized child care. They don't care. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, and we have examples of this in the selection itself. Yes. Right. The National Child Care Program. There are deals signed with eight jurisdictions, I believe. Mm-hmm. This is, will be the second time in 15 years yes. that there's a child care deal ready to go and that we have two parties tag-teaming to end it. Mm-hmm. One of them claiming that the liberals never get it done. And they signed eight deals. <laughs> they signed eight deals, and then they had the deals with all the province 15 years ago with you know Minister Dryden. Yes. Right? And then you get the other side that is going to give you a tax credit. Which does nothing for most of the people who absolutely desperately need affordable child care. You you have to have the money to front the government first in order to get a tax credit, number one. And in Quebec in particular, as was brought up in the debates, what's a tax credit going to do for people who are already paying $10 Mm -hmm. a day daycare? Yeah. Are you going to not give them tax credit? Like this, but it's, they're, yeah. you know, it's not going to do anything. So, you know, if you're, you're doing that tax credit in Quebec, you know, it's okay. I guess there are people in Quebec maybe who still can't find a space and are paying privately and the tax credit could be for them, but that's not going to do much for the majority of people. No, it's not. And, no. And again, it does not create spaces. So, um, and then you have that, uh, that example, uh, I mean, it's just all over the place in the platform with housing. You know, they're going to, on the supply side, it's a good plan because they're going to build a million new units. Now it has shifted over the course of the campaign to we will build a million new units in the first three years to we will start building them within the first three years. And of course, for that to happen, of course, we're going to have to, of course, sell you know, public assets, mm-hmm. things that belong to us in order to be able to do that. So we're going to liquidate something. Uh, like what, PetroCanada? No, no, Harper already did that. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so, did you get your check? Because I didn't get anything for that. Taxpayer-owned product, we didn't get anything for it. Yeah. So, I mean, that attitude is is pervasive, and, and, and we see it in this campaign about, uh, you know, not wanting to do things for you specifically but definitely be willing to do things for uh, for other people or via corporations like right. wage subsidies and that type of stuff you know because they they desperately want serb amounts to be cut to you but they're okay with subsidizing your salary right with employers but so so you know you have to do something to access it even their environmental plan you know you spend you know you spend money and then you get like you know, Club Z points for it, but you can only <laughs> spend it on things that they tell you you can spend it on. Yeah. As opposed to the rebates that you get now that you get no matter what, you know, you get by virtue of the fact you're a citizen of a province that is not, that is decided, you know, to not have an equivalent plan and get that money for itself to invest in things. So you're getting that as being a citizen of that province and you get to spend it on whatever the heck you want. Which is what it should be. Right. So it's the well, concept I mean, spend of, the money on whatever you want is what I mean. You can spend it up, yeah. yeah you know, but, but the, the, these, the, this is all, these are all ways of directing money to specific groups of people as, who are not 
like you say, the poor, right. the vulnerable, mm-hmm. the you know the people who are in critical need of it, and but, but they're perfectly willing to spend the money, yes, and they're perfectly willing to perhaps get rid of the carbon tax, maybe like this. Well, mm-hmm. like uh, their policy, I think, is keeping the carbon tax, but keeping it at the fifty dollars it is now, not sending it up to the one hundred and seventy dollars over the next five years that it is. Uh, so far, I guess that's what the plan is. I don't know. It keeps on shifting with him, uh, but. That's the most, as we've discussed before, the most conservative way to do it with smallest bureaucracy, least expensive. So they're willing to spend more money on their scheme. Mm-hmm. Right? Same thing with the childcare. They're willing to spend more money with their scheme. You know, it's a system of tax credits where you fund the money and then another bureaucracy processes something and you send papers and you send it back rather than just paying $10 out the door. Proving my point though, right? Right. So that's what I mean. They're willing, they're willing to spend the money. They're willing to blow the money to make sure that certain people don't get Basically, yeah, they don't. They don't care. They don't yeah. care. And again, I need. I need. The, I can't preface this enough. I'll reinforce it again. Not every conservative thinks like this. There are still many people who believe in the progressive conservative party, even though it's been gone for a long time. But they still, you know, I'm a conservative because you were for forty years ago. That's great. Forty years ago, that meant something. Today, it means you're grouped in with a bunch of. Mm. people who think less of others just because they have more. Is that what you want to be remembered for? Is that who you are? Is that who we are as a nation? Because damn it, I don't think we are. I think the vast majority of Canadians want to help each other, mm-hmm. want to see everybody lifted up higher. I, maybe that, maybe I'm on, a, on a, an ideologue. Uh, Idealist. Thank you. I was struggling because I'm. Shaking, I see you. I see you. you. Know? You're right. Because here's the thing, right? There's a lot of people like to look at politics as the team sport, and you got your team color jersey, and you support your team colors no matter what. But there are certain people you should not want on your team. Exactly. The guy that directly goes after someone with a high stick like it's an axe. You want him gone. I don't want this guy on your team. No, you don't. Right? That, that, he paints the rest of your team terribly. Yes. It's teams trade people. Yep. For... <laughs> right? So it's like, even if you're, you know, even if you're doing it in a pra- very practical way, well, I want to win, so I need to lock arms with these people because they're going to help me win. And it's like, you never ultimately win if you're playing the long game, if you feed the wolf that has rabies to eat, <laughs> to eat the wolf that doesn't have one. Yeah. Because once the wolf that does not have rabies is gone, there's just you alone standing with the wolf with rabies. And, and that's, that's just bad. It just gets you through the moment, but it doesn't get you through the long run. No, no, it does not. So it's like, so it's like don't feed that beast. No, no. Right. And the thing that you mentioned, uh, you know, it's it's not a new thing. It's it, it's been typical. I mean, there's always been that fringe. Yes. Know, due to conservative slash Republican politics, if we you know we include the USA, mm-hmm. uh, because that's that's where it really is. I mean, the, they have that the famous I think what they call the the public pool thing mm-hmm. that uh, where I think somewhere in the '60s where they determined they uh, they I think there were certain public pool, pools that they decided to fill with cement 
even in the white neighborhoods, because they just didn't want, as the neighborhoods were integrating, they didn't want black people using them. So they'd rather oh. fill them with cement so nobody could use them rather than allow them to be integrated. Yes. Yeah, that's the uh, same ideology that comes along with, well, I have enough food to feed 100 people, but only three people need food, so I'm not going to feed anybody. Yeah. Right? It's like nobody gets any. And then yeah. there's the other ideology. Uh, uh, boy, I'm struggling for words tonight. But the other... Um, ideology statement thought process it's the person who approach you go to a, a, somebody's house and they ordered a, a extra large pizza and you think i don't know if there's going to be enough for everybody so you take one slice whereas the guy next to you thinks there's not going to be enough for everybody and takes three slice, slices for himself yes i mean it's a simple it's simple pro, uh, um boy oh, i'm really struggling for words sorry it's because i'm so upset i'm so fired up right now it's a really simple thing to understand when you make the statement like that yeah i don't know if there's going to be enough for everybody so i'll take one one piece for myself i don't know mm -hmm. if there's enough for everybody i'd better take three and make sure i get know, all i need get all i need instead of i'll just take a little bit because you know i can i can keep going on this little bit that person over there is hogging everything yeah and making sure that somebody else gets nothing in the process mm-hmm because of me, 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 me. Yeah. Someone must not have or someone must get less so that you can have more. Yeah. And it's, uh, and, but in this, in this example, like you were saying, it's not only that, it's I am willing to take less so long as they do not get. Yeah, there's <laughs> that too. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th th that's the part that, uh, yeah, that, that boggles the mind even more. It really uh, does. You know, uh, I don't care how poorly you treat me so long as you stick it to them. And that's, there's a whole mindset behind that. I remember there was a, a gentleman a couple of years ago. He's a paramedic in, in uh, New York State, New York City, Manhattan. And I think he was getting about $15 an hour, which to a Canadian, that's complete insanity. To, like paramedics are well paid here. So he was getting about $15 an hour. And I guess at the time, this is about 10 years ago, that wasn't a terrible wage. And uh, a fast food franchise, there were employees that were fighting for $15 an hour, you know, as, as their minimum. And uh, they were going to strike, except they don't really have a union because they're fast food. I'm not naming the company because yeah. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> but he wrote a letter to the New York Times. And in his letter, he says, why should I be upset? Somebody said, don't, aren't you upset because you did all that training and they're going to get paid the same amount as you? And he goes, why should I be upset if somebody else is given an opportunity to improve their lives? Mm -hmm. Why should I be upset by that? Yeah. The and money's going to come back into the economy anyway. Yeah. And you also know that if you're playing the long game, when that money starts coming back to the economy, well, if people are thinking like that, they're obviously going to see that you're a paramedic and deserve more than $15 million an hour and Precisely. your salary just go up naturally. Precisely, right? You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to push for it. You're like, that's going to happen. It's going to happen. And that was basically what he was saying. I mean, we're, we're giving it a clip. He had a really long letter to the editor. If I can find it, I'll send it to you. But it really made me um, appreciate this young man and what he was saying because he's right. Why are you mad if somebody else starts to do better? If you get mad because somebody else gets to improve their lot in life, you need therapy. Because you have, you're carrying anger and hatred within your heart and, and it's going to mess with your mind. And why, 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 
why are you angry when somebody else improves their lot in life? Yeah. And that is what a certain brand of conservatives are. Again, not everybody, yeah. but there are a certain brand of conservatives like that. And I'm sure there's a certain brand on the, on the left as well that are thinking like that too. But if they continue to vote for the left, whether it's the liberal, the NDP, or the green, although the green is mostly conservatives that are concerned about the environment, but that's neither here nor there. But if you can continue to vote for a left-leaning party and you feel that way, well, are, are you voting for that party because you always have? Or, you know, like what, what, what was it in your life that made you start to feel that you need to have people that are lesser than you? Mm -hmm. What happened at you know everybody being equal let's let's make this a better society let's let's just rising tide lifts all boats right i was about to say that you know what is it about you know you know why not why, why have we abandoned the idea of raising the floor or, you know baking a bigger pie or you know all these you know all, all these you know quote-unquote platitudes or whatnot that people say but it's true you mean you have a choice Right, you can fight to get a bigger piece of the pie that already exists, or you can say, "Hey, let's just get more flour and eggs. <laughs> just make some more." You know, I mean, look, I, I don't even, I don't even hit the uh, middle income earner uh, number. I don't. I'm about ten thousand dollars below it. Okay, uh, that probably gives you an idea. Neither here nor there, uh, but I'm pretty comfortable. I live in a rent controlled building. Uh, other than having to get a new car last year because I need a car for work and my old, my 19 year old Pontiac finally died. <laughs> so I had to get a new car. If I didn't have to get a new car, I'd be able to save and invest more money and, you know, take a little fancier trips or, you know, maybe buy something fancier whenever I wanted to, but it, would it improve the quality of my life more? Well, actually another $10,000 would, but <laughs> I mean, it, who wouldn't, yeah, that would improve everybody's life. But what I'm getting at is I still, I still am quite comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not poor. I'm, I'm definitely not wealthy by any stretch of anyone's imagination. But I want to live in a country where everybody has a chance to A, better themselves. And it's incredibly difficult to do that if you're living in abject poverty because you can never get ahead. And it's hard to improve upon your education or your skill set when you are having to take whatever job you can get to keep a roof over your head and food in your belly. Yep. Yep. Sorry, I kind of got off on a rant there, but... No, I, I, I appreciate it because it's... Um, yeah, as we were talking about in our previous episodes, there's... <sighs> There are parties that are offering you things that are more short term. Mm -hmm. They'll help you now. And then there are parties that are trying to lay down markers for the longer term. Yes. That, you know, if we, we were have, you and I were having this conversation 10 years from now, we would look back this and there are certain parties. Oh yeah. remember that election 10 years ago? Oh my God. Well, you know, since then we have this, 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 and you know, wow, that put us on a good track for a lot of this. And we did these things and well, those things didn't work out so well. And, you know, and, you know, and so on, you know, so on and so forth. And then you'd have other parties. What? Like, I, I think of the 10, the decade of Har the Harper years. Yeah. And there was a huge spending on infrastructure and that type of stuff, you know, after the crash, you know, 
in the, the, the housing market crash and everything. And I'm trying to think, you know, there was no Trans Canada Highway. There was no uh, electrification, uh, you know, uh, or modernization of the electrification grid. There was no, um, you know, expansion uh, of passenger uh, rail. High, yeah, high speed train. There was uh, there was nothing, right? Like this, I, 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 we had a there, there was a Canadian Museum of Human Rights mm-hmm. that was built. I think like this proposed, but I can't think of anything, right? There was no. No well, legacy. I, I can tell you, I had a, no, no, no legacy project. There was no vision. There was no. I mean, you know, and, and I'm not saying that this is not important, but like curling arenas and snowmobile trains and trails and stuff like that got money and and yes, but where was you know where was the mitigation of the Rouge River for floods? Mm-hmm. Uh, where was the project? You know, there could have been some big transformative projects with all that money as well. Well, how many hospitals were built in that time frame? There you go. I can't think of a one. Please, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. I can't think of a one, and I'm not going to sit here and start doing research because we're talking, right? Maybe there was, but I honestly don't know of a single one. How many people were lifted? Well, and how many people were lifted out of poverty in that time frame? More were put into it. Why? Because he wrote an edict on high for the CRA to go after low-hanging fruit. And what are low-hanging fruit? This person owes $400 in taxes. Charge them interest and go after them and garnish either wages till you get it. Over 400 bucks? Meanwhile, you got people hiding their money in Panama, as, as evidenced by the Panama Papers, hiding billions of dollars in tax money that should be being poured back into this Canadian system. And instead, they're going after people who are barely making a living and CRA is hounding the hell out of them. That all changed under the Trudeau government. Mm -hmm. He's like, why are we doing this? Change right from the top down. Mm -hmm. Go after the people who should be really paying their fair share. Mm -hmm. You know what? Give that guy that $400 tax break. Because this guy over here hid billions offshore go after him of course that's been dropped yeah and that's disappointing yes it is so yeah um <clears throat> i'm like i'm trying to to take this and trying to to, to link it to what we're, we're seeing you know and uh the the protests and the vulgarity and rock throwing and yeah now, now we're getting now we're getting to so like you know we're we're like mini stoning people now. Mm-hmm. So we've gone back to that era. Uh, you well, know, I, and I heard that when they asked Mr. O'Toole today, how does he feel about that? And his response was, well, that's why we do it in a studio where it can be well controlled. You coward. You can't even go and see the people that you want to represent. You hide out in a studio in a controlled environment where there's just you and a camera operator and you have one or two preordained questions instead of taking an actual town hall style Q and a session. Mm, some of them like from groups like true North. <laughs> like dude. It, uh, and he, and he said the other day and I got really mad when I said this and I was going to re- respond on Twitter, but I discovered that hundreds of people already had, he says, when I was a captain in the RCAF, 
okay, you were never in the RCAF. It was the Canadian forces. It was the RCAF long after you were out. Mm -hmm. You were not in the Royal Canadian Air Force. You never were. Mm -hmm. So get it right. Get it right. Number one. Number two, you were a navigator. And I'm not knocking navigators. They're very important, okay? My father was in the military, so I have a great deal of respect for anybody who serves. But for him, it was a means to an end. It's how he put himself through law school. He didn't serve because he felt a great need and desire to serve the country. In my opinion, he did it so he could become a wealthy Bay Street lawyer. In my opinion, okay? I have no way to preface that, uh, no way to, to say this is what his decision was when he signed up. I can't say that. But in my opinion, the picture he has painted, that's what he did. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. Di- I, I. I have to admit that I am disappointed. I am. Uh, I love politics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm. Uh, uh, I. I don't like what's going on on the right, and I haven't been liking it for a long time. But I love politics, mm-hmm. uh, and this like I said this thing that's going on right now that we're feeling okay to behave like that in front of children and now we're you know throwing pebbles I mean what's the next thing that's going to be thrown and you know even Maxim Bernier <clears throat> sorry excuse me who I don't agree with on almost anything you know, he got egged yeah. um, you know um, there I've seen t- tweets about uh, you know uh, in a um, Carolyn Bennett's writing. Uh, she was uh, canvassing and talking to a green uh, candidate, and uh, or not a candidate, but somebody that was working for a green candidate. And they were having a lovely conversation, and there was somebody that came in from another party and like made everything very, very unpleasant. Yeah. Right, just like gave the green person a total dressing down. And it's like, why? And, and this is like among like the staff, like from the parties, right? Canvassing right. in a neighborhood now. Uh, so even amongst each other, uh, I'm not. Um... It's gotten to be vi- vicious, bitter, angry. I, I, I mean, I've seen children behave better in a playground. And um, it's just gone to a point where I don't know what the hell is going on anymore. And I've, I, I'm a person that's, you know, without being Pollyannish, has always maintained that Canadians are among the savviest voters on the planet. I'm beginning uh, to question now, that. I know that, you know, uh, media is going to have to find another way to cover this for the last few weeks because there's an amplification of voices that are that don't deserve the platform that they're getting. Number one, number one, this, but that are preventing us from having. A discussion mm-hmm. about where we want to go. Uh, there, I mean, I was hearing an interview with some of the people that were there uh, at the last thing where they threw rocks, and you know, when there were there were people with uh, PPC signs, I think noticed there mm-hmm. People's Party signs, and there was a candidate there, and she was interviewed, and she says, you know, it's like we're not anti-mask, we're not anti-vaxxers, we're just like, you know, giving voice to people who don't have one, and it's like, okay, but. 
your voices are pretty damn loud. They're like stopping anybody else from even being able to speak. Number one, like this, and then one person beside them, it's like, no, not anti-vaxxers. We're not anti. We're anti-Trudeau. Well, you may be anti-Trudeau, but let's face it, you'd be anti anyone in charge. Yeah, they're just, yeah, they're just they're just uh, anarchists. I guess, but it's like, and then of course the inconvenient question of why is it that there's only one. You know, Mr. Singh had a couple of things happen, was heckled a few times, I guess. But why is there only one leader, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm watching this going going on. And I, part of me is saying, the part of me that has faith in Canadians says that um, people will be seeing this on their screens and determining, you know, this is not what we want. And they'll... You know, you know, we're now so. after Labor Day. There seems to be a little bit of narrowing back in the polls. You know, um, I fear someone's going to get hurt before this is over. I think you're right. I would not like that to be the turning point. No. No, I, it, it's... <laughs> I've read some pretty outrageous things online. People saying, oh, those are just liberal plants trying to drum up. I'm like, uh, mm, okay, you're going way out on a conspiratorial limb there. You're being ridiculous. I mean, how diabolical must one be to do that? Mm. Do you, Do you actually believe that there would be people within the party who would allow that to take place? Hmm. Right, I, I that that's beyond beyond, and and, and I know that there are some fringe people in in every party. There always is, but that that's just ridiculous. But we're not the, the thing. Yeah, you know, we can go back to what you said at the beginning, right? It's not you can explain till you're blue in the face how it's better. Mm-hmm. This is not about rational. You're right. right? This, yeah, and and there are similar things, you know, like David Frum, who's you know Canadian and famous conservative, and a lot of people, oh, they hate him because you know he was with Bush and all that kind of stuff, and yeah, but he did say, you know, something like, if conservatives find that they can't win using democracy, they will not reject conservatism because nobody wants it. They will reject democracy. Yes, and that's what we're seeing in the states, right? And it's it's the same principle as you're seeing now as you're illustrating you know it's if what i am doing punishes the other mm-hmm. those are not like us and those who will never be accepted in the right. club it doesn't matter how much it costs it doesn't matter how much i don't get so long as they don't it, yeah so long as they're not getting in the club yeah yeah right? That's what it's. That's what it's come to. So the, these are dynamics that have been associated with conservatism that have taken different forms, you know, over you know decades. And you know, you can look back in history and see manifestations of that. But you know, and it ebbs and flows. But we're we're at a peak now. It's like somebody's really trying to run an end game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know. F- I'm looking at what's going on in the United States without wanting to go into it like big time, but what's going on in Texas. I mean, I'm sorry, but if you're a woman that's about, that's had a miscarriage, get out, get out of that state, get out of that country to be hell upon hell. 
right? It's and clearly there's a group here that's thinking, well, okay, that worked well over there. Let's try it here. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, our Supreme Court is different than theirs. Yes, but there is, you know, when people keep on saying, you know, like this is not who we are. It's like we need to stop saying that. This is who some of us are. Clearly, and we need to be grown ups, and we need to face this. Well, you can't fix the problem if you don't admit that there is one, right? Right. I don't don't know how we have to do this, but there has, you know, the, the media narrative can't be about how the liberal leader is. It's about his security detail, right? It has mm-hmm. to be about the threat. The threat. And how this is inappropriate. Uh, it doesn't have to be about what it is that they are saying and doing the... Um, two sides thing mm-hmm. is you know actually saying right off the bat this is irrational this is illogical this is unacceptable correct because it and is all of the platform you know to the speakers you know to say to take a stand against that and not like ask them you know ask them questions like you know did the rocks hit you it was like does it matter how does that matter? I believe the prime minister did ask that. It's like, it doesn't matter whether or not the rock hits you or not. What the, you know, it's, it's, oh, it's not so bad. And we get to keep going until a rock does hit someone. Like this. And then what, then the next question, well, was, was the rock big enough? Like this. And then what, you know, it's like, well, does it lead to bullets next? Right. Let's stop that. Right. You know, did the rock let's hit you? Real discussions. But let's have the real discussions. Let's call the thing a thing. Yes. Right. The rock should not have been thrown. Period. Period. Doesn't matter if it hits. It doesn't matter if it hurt. Doesn't matter. It was aimed at you. Yes. Somebody did it with intent to injure. Period. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. It was done with intent to harm, cause harm, do harm. So, uh, in the spirit of the show, if democracy is indeed something you do, then... um, we need to stop this. Yes. And the only way to stop this is to not be, not assume that anything's in the bag and not assume um, that there's nothing that we can do, that the die's already been cast. But it's to make sure that you are registered to vote. I got my card today in the mail. Yeah. Uh, you know, if coming. you're planning to uh, vote by mail or vote in advance, I think uh, advance polls are open from the 10th to the 13th. Uh, and if you vote by mail, uh, like I said before, I believe that it has to be in uh, by election day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do that. Uh, but um, if you were doubting that you needed to vote, or you know, if you were you know, are just checking in from the summer and thinking, you know, well, you know, the liberals did a really good job. It's in the bag. Who would want them again? Uh, you know, because they gave us competent government. Uh, think again. There's a very, very, very concerted effort going on uh, to make how we've been handling things so far seem somewhat, no, well, not somewhat, to seem totally unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And when you look at our peers all around the world, we've done very, very, very well. Yes, we have. Both in handling the pandemic, both in number of illnesses, both in number of also number of deaths, also in like impact on the economy and the quickness with which we rebound. So breathe. That's the difference. Compare it to our peers and not to some ideal. Compare 
your leaders to their available alternatives and not the almighty, like we say before. And then like this, and if you're angry about anything, remember that you vote for what is to come mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for what has happened. If you vote for someone because you're about angry about something that has already happened. That's not helping anyone. Are, yeah. Chances are you wasted your vote. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mr. Grizzly, I believe that uh, it's a good place to stop for this episode. I think so, yeah. Yeah, we've, uh, we've had a lot to say. It's been a very impassioned evening. And uh, yeah, I, I really am concerned for the soul of the country, so I hope that uh, everybody, is, I hope we get a really high turnout, and I hope that, I hope that we don't elect the conservatives. It scares the hell the out of me. Pardon? We need to bring love to the polls. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Right. With glowing hearts. With glowing hearts. <sighs> All right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just breathe, hydrate, <laughs> right? As you keep saying. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get through this. Uh, um, all right. Well, that's the end of this uh, episode of Beaver Bites. Um, this one was a little heavy, but uh, we hope uh, that we let you know that if you're feeling this too, you're not alone, um, you're not alone. because we're following this and uh, we're uneasy. And uh, it did us good to talk to each other and to uh, share that with you. I think so. Um, we welcome feedback in the form of compliments, bribes to be on the show constructive criticism, gentle corrections, if we got anything factually incorrect, and uh, stories about what you are going to do to plan your vote and uh, get friends to vote with you. You can do all of that on our Facebook blog page at The True North Eager Beaver or at True Eager on Twitter. And if you like this podcast, please tell your friends. They can find us on Google, Spotify, Apple, and Mixcloud. And if you really, really like this podcast and really wish to encourage us to do more, we work for tips and we really appreciate them. So please feel free to buy a cup of uh, coffee for Mr. Grizzly or a mug of hot chocolate for me via our coffee page at ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver. That's ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver. Eager beaver all in one word and lowercase letters. From the Beaver Lodge, this is your eager beaver saying until next time, dear kids, it can be a tough world out there. So be kind to and gentle with yourself. The True North Eager Beaver podcast is an Eager Beaver Mr. Grizzly collaboration. No copy written, we're winging it. Recording, production, and editing by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Saud Royalty Free Music. And thank you to our founding sponsors, The Pepper Master, The Miss Fee Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. And uh, we'll see you soon, kids, with uh, another episode. Take care. Hello, kids. It's Mr. Grizzly, your friendly neighborhood grizzly bear, who is asking you how much you like this program. And I'm asking you if, well, you like this show, you like what you hear, and we're happy to do this for you, if you'd be willing to, you know, throw us a couple of bucks as a tip. And the reason we do this, with the reason we ask this question is because there are some production costs involved. We're happy to give this to you, but, you know, feel free to send us a couple of dollars over uh, coffee.com 
And now the website is ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver. Dollar, two dollars, 50 cents, whatever, whatever you can spare. It helps us with our production costs. Mr. Beaver. That's right, Mr. Grizzly. Uh, if you go to our coffee page, the recommended donation is $3, but it can really be anything you want, um, less or more, if you happen to like this show especially. Um, we reinvest uh, in the show. Uh, as you can tell, uh, the sound quality has improved since uh, episode one. And uh, you know we want to see where this show can go. Uh, hopefully, we can maybe get some correspondence uh, one day, uh, maybe film it uh, for YouTube. Uh, if uh, you guys have any suggestions of what you'd like to see the show become, of course, those are always welcome uh, because you know we do this for you. Um, so yeah, uh, every little bit helps. And of course, if you can't afford anything and you just like the show, then please, you know, that's quite all right. Send us some comments. Let us know what you think of it. Uh, that means just as much to us too. And don't forget the website, www.ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver. Thanks, eh? I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.